Hollow Mountain Publishing presents My Castle, Book Two of the Appalachian Storm series, written and performed by Diana Kilpack. Chapter 7. Ancient History Okay, how about this? She shivered as cold wind whipped her hair around her face. The snow following the wind hurled all around her. I don't see anything, David said patiently. Are you telling me you can't see my hair blowing at all? Katie raised her voice above the wind. Your hair is not blowing around you. There isn't any wind, David said. The little snowstorm she created instantly evaporated. The warm spring sunshine kissed her cheeks once more. Ever since Tyler had left, Jackson came up with the idea to learn how to produce a projection like Lizzie's. His reasoning, if they could produce a full-blown projection, they could figure out a way to dissolve it. She had been pretty proud of the fact she could now project a scene five feet from her immediate person. Obviously, that did not include David, no matter how close he was to her. She frowned, giving him another calculating stare. Maybe it's because you haven't started talking through your thoughts. David was laughing at her expression. His eyes lit up. They were both sitting on the grass in front of his home. His parents, afraid of what happened to Sam, had asked him to stay close to home until his ordeal was over. Katie had smiled at their choice of words, but completely understood their feelings. Can you hear me? She reached out with her thoughts. David grinned. You didn't hear me? She said out loud. Nope. David shook his head his grin widening. I don't get it. Sam could hear us about two weeks before she changed. Can you hear me now? She said, a little stronger with her thoughts. She felt like she was in a cell phone commercial. Nope, not a thing, David said with a laugh. How did you answer my question if you didn't hear me ask it? It's called intuition, ding dong. He reached over, twitching her nose. Katie Johnson. I live in Lexus, Tennessee. She screamed out her thoughts as loud as she possibly could. Did you hear that? David shook his head. What the hell was that? Jackson's thoughts shot back. Oops, sorry. I was trying to get David to hear me. Katie tried to explain. If you don't mind, some of us are a little busy here. Jackson's thoughts were laced with agitation. What are you doing? If you have to know, little Miss Nosy. Jackson thought back. I'm trying to get cages ready for tonight. Cages? She didn't like the sound of that. It's a full moon. The seekers are filling the pool to go to their masters. Katie frowned. David's expression changed as he watched her intently. They still feel the need to return? Even after? They're seekers, Katie. Nothing has changed that fact. If they return, 
I'm sure they will die because of their insubordination. She was instantly afraid. Do you feel the pull? No. She smiled in relief. I hear you, Katie. Katie frowned in concentration. Tyler? Yes, came the soft reply. Her face split into a happy grin. Where are you? Wasatch Mountains. She frowned over the unfamiliar name. Wasatch Mountains, she said out loud. She looked over at David, who was studying her intently. Do you know where the Wasatch Mountains are? David nodded. Utah. She shook her head laughing. Let me get this straight. Tyler can hear me all the way from Utah, but you can't hear me at all? David grinned. I'm just special, I guess. Some leader you're going to be. You can't even communicate correctly. David's smile vanished. I don't understand this obsession you had calling me the leader. Katie rolled her eyes. The great white tiger is the leader, David. It chose you. Chose me by default. Katie shook her head. It doesn't matter the circumstances. You are the leader. David shrugged. I don't recall seeing the spirit of the great white tiger jump into me. I did, Katie said with a grin. Like it or not, you're our leader. So, as your leader, David paused and looked at her questioningly. Why did Tyler leave? Katie felt like a doe, caught in the headlights. What? David was watching her closely. The official story is, Tyler just left. Nobody knows where he is. Yet, he contacted you just now. My guess is, you know more about the situation than you're letting on. Katie felt her cheeks get hot and knew they were turning a deep shade of red. Jackson, Candy, and herself decided not to tell anyone the circumstances of Tyler's disappearance. This could cause Lizzie to get suspicious and endanger others. The decision was unanimous, and yet David, who was supposed to be the leader, was not getting pertinent information to lead the group effectively. She sat quietly, watching his handsome face. Would he believe it, even if she told him? Making the decision, she leaned in closer to him. David, there is someone in our group who is a traitor, she said quietly. What are you two talking so seriously about? Katie glanced up, seeing Lizzie standing only a couple of feet from them. She wondered how long Lizzie had been there or how much she had heard. She stared hard into the face of her former friend. There didn't seem to be any alarm or fear in her expression. Katie remembered the day it became widely known Tyler had somehow disappeared. Lizzie was almost giggly in her relief. Katie decided Lizzie wasn't that much of an actress now. She pasted a grin on her face. We were just talking about what a great leader our David will become. David groaned, leaning back his head, resting on the grass. Will you stop? Katie grinned. She heard a car turn into the drive her grin vanishing as she recognized Forrest and Miss Smith. The blacks had asked Forrest to help David while he changed. The two younger kids were spending the night at friends' houses, oblivious to the fact their brother 
will be turning into a tiger. Mr. Black was planning on standing by with guns and ammunition, ready to shoot anything that moved. Mrs. Black could not be persuaded to leave the house. That left Katie, Candy, and Lizzie to watch the outside of the house for any problems. Katie had no idea where Miss Smith planned to be. David wouldn't like his former English teacher witnessing his transformation. David turned towards the car and sighed softly. All this attention is driving me crazy. Surely you don't expect anything else. Oh, great leader, she said teasingly. I don't see any of those seekers around. Forrest's rough voice intruded. Katie felt the heat rise through her system. The seekers are having other problems they're dealing with. Yeah, I know what they're doing. The old man said sarcastically, It's a full moon. Time to go to their real job. Katie jumped up, wanting to knock the old man's block off. It's time you learned you don't know everything. I've been around a lot longer than you. Forrest pointed his finger towards her. If you had let us help you in the first place, that little girl wouldn't have died. Let you help? Katie exploded. We didn't know what was going on. We were right here. We were actually in your house. And you're so confused. You couldn't figure out what was going on right under your nose. Hey, we're on the same team here. David got up, standing between Katie and the old man. You don't remember me asking you for answers? Katie was screaming, trying to get to Forrest. David was holding her back. You disappeared and didn't show up. You were too scared. I wasn't scared of a snot little girl like you, Forrest snarled. I was waiting to talk to the real leader, not the wolf. Katie stopped, staring at the old man. What are you talking about? The wolf always tries to take control from the real leader. They undermine the authority of the true leader. Forrest's face twisted into a grim smile. They manipulate the circumstances, always trying to gain the leadership role. That is enough, Mahisheba. Miss Smith grabbed Forrest's arm. Forrest stopped, staring stonily at Miss Smith, his lips moving, but with no sound coming out. He pointed towards Miss Smith, then at Katie. Both of Two peas in the same pod. You are exactly the same. He turned to face David. You watch her. She will be your undoing. He pointed a finger towards Katie, his hand shaking. If there's trouble, she will be the one behind it. Every time, she will be the traitor. Katie felt herself losing control. She pushed past David transforming mid-stride, growling profusely. She knocked the old man down to the ground. Now tell me again what you think of me. She had one foot on the ground, the other resting on his chest, her teeth close to his throat. Give me a reason. Forrest laid there, not moving an inch. What's the matter, old man? Cat's got your tongue? Katie, stop! She recognized David's voice. She nonchalantly turned around and sat down on the man. He gave out a hrump over the amount of weight on his chest. 
Get off him. David was looking at her sternly and pointing away like she was an actual dog. She didn't like the feeling. She decided to stay where she was. Katie, get off him now. She didn't like David's tone or his attitude. She looked up, her head even with his. No, she said with her thoughts. Katie, you're seriously hurting the man. Get off his chest. Katie stared quietly at David's face as sweat rolled down his features. She could feel the electrical current emanating from his body. Say please, please get off him, David said automatically. She grinned to herself. David didn't even realize he was hearing her through his thoughts. As long as you said please, Katie bit back. She slowly got off the man. She watched Forrest get up on his knees before slowly heaving himself onto his feet. Are you hurt? David asked quietly, anger evident in his voice. No, I believe I'll live. Forrest said, stretching his arm out. Miss Smith snorted. Why don't you go into the house? I'll be right in, David said in a tight voice. Katie watched the old man walk slowly into the house. His movements exaggerated. What did I just witness? David said so quietly, his anger still close to the surface. You saw a man spouting a bunch of hateful crap and I silenced him. Katie answered with her thoughts. David shook his head. No, what I saw was a bully attacking an old man. Katie felt affronted. Are you telling me you didn't hear him say all those hateful things about me and her? Katie pointed and looked towards Miss Smith. Yeah, I heard it. It doesn't mean I believe it, David said, his voice exasperated. Can't you give me a little credit? I've known you your entire life. Oh, so I have to sit and listen while he spreads more of his hatred around? Katie shot back with her thoughts. Look, I'm not going to argue any more about it until we both settle down. David swiped at the sweat on his forehead. Katie, I want you to go home. What? I want you to go home, Katie. I'll see you tomorrow, David said angrily, pointing down the street. You got it. Turning, she took off running down the road. Don't ask me to come back either. She shot back with her thoughts. She ran in the direction of her home, so angry and hurt. She wanted to spit bullets. She stretched her legs out in a full run, racing away from force, and especially David. Catherine, wait, Katie groaned. There was only one person who called her by her full first name. Catherine, I'm an old woman. I'll follow you to Timbuktu if I have to. Katie stopped. Is there such a place as Timbuktu? It amazes me how little you kids know about the world. Yeah, well, blame it on the teachers. Miss Smith snorted. Katie looked back. The small timber wolf actually looked like... No way, was her next thought. Then she had to ask, Are you laughing? Can we go somewhere private? I'd like to talk to you. Katie looked around. We're alone here. I would like to talk without others listening in. Miss Smith said through her thoughts, can you make it to my house? 
The timber wolf didn't bother answering. She turned and headed down the street. Katie followed close behind. When they reached the house, Katie was glad to see her mom wasn't home. Going up the few steps to the door, Katie transformed into human clothes immediately forming on her body. That's some trick you learned, Miss Smith grumbled in her thoughts. I've been trying to figure out how to carry clothes for over a hundred and seventy years. You just make them materialize out of thin air. Katie smiled. Walking into her mother's bedroom, she grabbed a robe and laid it on the couch. Carefully, she averted her eyes, giving the old woman some privacy. When she knew the old woman was covered, she sat down on the couch, waiting patiently for Miss Smith to tell her what was on her mind. It didn't take long. Catherine, you were played. Surprised, Katie looked up. What? Forrest wanted you gone so he could influence David, and you fell right into his hands. Lock, stock, and barrel. Katie blinked a couple of times, not sure she understood her correctly. It is interesting to see it from another angle. I was always the blunt of his little schemes. Seeing it played out against someone else makes it look rather pathetic. Katie kept staring at the old woman, not sure what to say. Miss Smith stretched out her hand, mimicking Forrest. No, I believe I'll live. The old woman chuckled to herself, shaking her head. Do you have any tea? Katie paused. I don't think so. How about coffee? Yeah, I need to make it. Katie got up shakily. It will take me a couple of minutes. Instead of staying in the living room, Miss Smith followed her into the kitchen. I know I gave you a hard time in class, Catherine. I guess I just became a bitter old woman. Too many years alone. Too many years hating the people I love. Katie was spooning the coffee grounds and forgot how many she had put in the maker. Looking down, she decided a couple more wouldn't hurt. Are you apologizing? Yes, I believe I am. I figure if you can forgive a seeker who is responsible for your best friend's death, you could forgive me being an old fool. Katie cautiously glanced towards her English teacher. Sam swore we could soften you up. The old woman nodded. I'm truly sorry for her death. It must have been devastating for you. A knot formed in Katie's chest. Thank you. When I saw you transform into a wolf, it gave me such a surge of hope. Katie was watching the coffee pot slowly fill up. As she glanced up quickly, why? Because I wouldn't be alone. Miss Smith reached out and grabbed her arm. I've been listening to Forrest's crap for so long. Somewhere along the line, I started believing it. And so did my sister. Katie folded her arms. What happened between you two? The old woman sighed. Elizabeth fell in love with the seeker. His name was Hawk. Your Jackson reminds me of him. 
She loved that boy with all her heart. She wanted to believe he could be saved. Eventually, he succumbed to the dark forces in his soul. Katie wondered if she should interrupt, but instead allowed Miss Smith tell her side of the story. Elizabeth asked us to take care of the problem. She couldn't bear the thought of killing Hawk, nor could she let the innocent die. I was making the rounds on the far side of Blue Ridge Mountain. I heard Elizabeth crying through her thoughts. I wanted to go to her. Instead, I headed towards the area I knew where Hawk was. I met Forrest coming back. He was bloody from the fight. I asked him if it was over. He said the deed was done. Katie blinked. Wait a minute. She shook her head. Are you telling me that normal-sized bobcat was able to fight and kill a large black panther? How did you know Hawk was a black panther? Because I saw him in a dream. Katie paused, thinking through the story she had just heard. Tyler, you're going to be proud of me. I'm finding the holes in the story, asking the right questions. The panther must have been four times the size of that bobcat. How was Forrest able to fight and kill him? I just assumed. Miss Smith blanched. You said Forrest was bloody. Was he hurt or wounded? Did he walk with a limp? Did he look worn out from a huge fight? Miss Smith shook her head. Her face started turning a deep red. Her lips pursed tightly over her teeth. In my dream, I was running through the woods. I saw an old-fashioned camp. A black panther's head was bent down over body. His muzzle was red with blood. I transformed a human and accused Hawk of killing the people in the camp. He swore he didn't do the killing. The ones responsible were lying in a ditch. I didn't bother to check. I just knew he was guilty. I turned and ran off. I called out with my thoughts, saying Hawk was now a malice. A voice answered me and told me not to worry. They will take care of it. I ran crying into the woods, knowing I condemned the man I loved to death. When did you have this dream? Miss Smith asked, her expression bleak. I was having serious questions about Jackson. Forrester told me his theory about Seekers never being able to come back and be forgiven. Forrest was with me. Miss Smith lowered her head, shaking it. I always thought Elizabeth stole Forrest from me. In reality, he never loved me. He only wanted Elizabeth. It was always Elizabeth. Katie stepped closer. She had so many questions to ask. She felt a tangible electrical wave wash over her. She stopped. Do you feel that? Miss Smith nodded her head, her face still grim. We're discussing ancient history, and David is left unprotected. Katie ran to the door. She turned into wolf form, running as fast as she could back to the black home. Hi, this is Diana Kilpack. I hope you've enjoyed this week's session of My Castle, the second book in the Appalachian Storm series. 
Until next week, when our imaginations meet again, have a great day.